0: All right, get that recorded. All right, so um, tonight we're discussing uh, the authority of Jesus Christ, and it was very interesting um, throughout here. Just to kind of kick off discussion, but uh, we'll open it up for everyone. Just what we what we've learned and everything. But I, I'm really loving the topical guide study in the fact that there's new keywords or different things that I never quite fully associated with any given uh, title here and so when we're looking at the authority especially in the new testament um one of the things that really denotes authority is is the phrase to have power or when he is given things so um looking there in uh like john three thirty five, given all things and um where was the other one that i had like a list of maybe that was in my actual scriptures i had my <laughs> my list of, of three that were like really interesting to to put back to back to power given all things oh um yeah i was in the right place john 3 35 so given all things and then that next one john 5 um committed all judgment And so there's all of these gifts that the father is giving to Christ directly. And when he's giving it, he's all in, he's, he's giving everything to him. And we see a, an initiatory and an endowment type perspective of, of Christ, of, of him receiving all power. And, and, you know, what, like, what is our endowment? It is a, A reception or a gift of power being endowed with power from on high and throughout all of these um i i i don't know it just started enveloping to me that um the authority of jesus christ all of these scriptures were basically taking a look at the the endowment that christ is receiving from the father and um it just kind of opened my eyes to to many of the the different nuances throughout the new testament of of his initiatory process in in this and anyway it, it was just quite eye-opening to me and it was something that i had never quite considered um you know with many of these titles in the topical guide uh, authority wasn't one that like stood out to me i was like oh that one's just going to kind of describe uh, kind of a tangent but it's not necessarily uh going to be one of the the really impactful ones but yes yeah, this one actually was impacting me more than than most of the rest that um here was was a guide of of christ being endowed with with power from from the father but anyway so what all did did you guys see and um as you are looking through these references any uh interesting word searches or chiastic structures or Interesting tie ins to uh, general conference talks, just opening it up for whatever you guys got.
1: Just along with what you were just saying about his endowment of power and stuff, um, I was thinking that same along that same line, and seemed like a lot of that came after his atonement. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was one of those, I can't put my finger on it right this second. But where it talked about he that Christ learned obedience through his suffering, and and then it turns around and then he is endowed with some power right after that. So that would be after his, you know, sacrifice. There, I'm sacrifice.
2: So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in mm-hmm. before we move on. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you know, that part that about him learning
3: obedience um, through what he suffered. Do we have mm-hmm. any stories of, that show us him learning obedience or what he may have suffered? Because I thought that scripture from Hebrews really stood out to me.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was that was in Hebrews. I couldn't find yes,
3: it. It's Hebrews 5. It's on page Fifty-five Hebrews five eight to ten, right at the top of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I took it that that he suffered was, you know, in Gethsemane and on the cross. But there now, as you're saying that, then I'm seeing because he suffered in ways that you know he wasn't accepted.
3: Right. Right. He but, was rejected at different times. Mm-hmm. And, and I, we know that he must have been, I mean, I'm wondering if this means that he was learning obedience as part of the process that was mm-hmm. taking him and leading him to the ultimate yeah. obedience.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right
4: there. I bring forth the father's will. hmm have any of you been watching the Chosen series? The new. I just finished famous?
3: watching it.
4: <laughs> My
2: Episode
4: number, let's see, three, where he's with, he's up in Nazareth. Shouldn't spoiler alert it in case people haven't watched it, but it kind of <laughs> shows that. It shows um, the human side of being. Yeah, where he's rejected by his own close friends in his town yeah, and they don't recognize who he is. They don't believe who he is. And it was sad to watch that. I cried when I watched that part. I did
3: too. it was very touching, wasn't
4: it? yeah, yeah, I also wanted to make a comment about something um, my friend Nicole Hansen, who's got that new little YouTube video series on patterns and sequences. I don't know if any of you guys have been watching those, but They really are opening up my mind to seeing these patterns and yesterday she made a really interesting post about uh, John 1 1 through 5 in the beginning was the word and the word was God and so she has a, a new baby and she just couldn't get this out of her head and I just it was so powerful I wanted to share it the the power that made the body is the power that heals the body. God says, I am the beginning and the end. And the beginning was the word. We are comprised of word. Word is made of vibrational frequencies. So she started playing uh, whole tones channel music for her baby who wasn't sleeping. And he just started sleeping like crazy now. But I just wanted to share that with you and also if you haven't watched her little videos she's she's got this temple diagram and hooking up patterns of temple that and the words that we see in the scriptures it's just amazing and so now when I read scripture it pops up to me a lot faster for some reason Uh patterns and Um, And by the way, Cameron, in two different talks today at church, everybody was talking about President Nelson. Please go study President Nelson's talks (laughs) in the last five years. (laughs) And notice all these patterns. (laughs) Uh We have a
3: trailblazer among us. We have a trailblazer
4: (laughs) who already helped us do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. For anyone that, that is studying patterns... Uh, President Nelson is a, a goldmine for, for ancient biblical patterns and for um, the fulfillment of, of multiple prophecies. There, it, it's quite amazing to really study his words. Uh, who was it at the very beginning? Wasn't it Renland, or maybe it was Anderson? That um, when he first got put in, he said that his wife went back and studied all of his uh, general conference addresses and uh, really gained a testimony of him being. Uh, prepared to be a prophet. And, and that, I think that that's kind of one of the things that first sparked that that project of, of mine to collect all of his words, because it's actually kind of hard to find all of his talks in a, a good format and getting them all cohesive. But anyway, that, it, yeah, studying President Nelson was so fun.
4: And I want to make sure, did you all read uh, in the October leahona President Nelson's little article Mm -hmm. okay make sure everybody always catches all those little sneaky ones
0: Uh, yeah Uh, feel free to to send me any of those things (laughs) like (laughs) the um like the lethbridge talk and and stuff i don't know if i'm necessarily going to be including regional ones in his because i try to do only public facing ones where where they're directed to the whole world but i (laughs) there should be like a a, a psalms or a proverbs one where I, I put all of his uh different little talks in there but yeah
4: because there's good cow. stuff in those little quiet ones they're like what what
0: do you just say mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> his wife is the one who says those i know
0: yeah we need to <laughs> have a like a, a little mini <laughs> addendum uh of the book of wendy nelson uh, yeah being a, a testator of him as a prophet
3: um on the scripture um the John 1 scripture, I was just happened to while I was reading it, um, thought of a quote that I had found, it's a non-LDS, but I thought it was kind of interesting because when you read that scripture, at least when I read it, I feel like there's a lot of resonance with our words and our thoughts creating Mm -hmm. and having that potential to create with power. And so this quote that I found, I wrote it in the little margin here, Um, and I know this man, he's a writer. He wrote, when spirit becomes sufficiently concentrated in the heart, superficial thinking stops and integrated thought begins. One becomes fully present, and rather than thinking about reality, thought
2: becomes reality and I thought wow so thought is
3: experienced as the creation of reality so I thought that was so cool because I found a resonance with that quote and our scripture from John where is that from Lisa it's from Paul Pitchford he wrote he wrote about food. Oh, <laughs> that's why I know him. And he wrote this big tome called "Healing with Whole Foods," and it's in its—I don't know how many editions. It's been around for a long time, but it's thick. My, my old one got so beat up, I had to buy a new one.
5: But oh, can you wrote, post the quote? If not, the quote, can you post the reference of what book and what page? And it's our, from or. or- sure yeah where you found that actual quote
3: yeah since you
5: said it's such a big book I would be searching forever through the book (laughs) to try to find the quote
3: yeah no this is my old one I usually go through my old one because my new one's so pretty but this is my old one and it's on it is a big book it's on the um I'll get it I mean, there's so many good things in here. It's just, you know, it's such a big book. Let me, how can I do this? Um, Can I post it maybe, Cameron, can I post it on one of our Learning Zion sites? Because I'll probably have to just take some time to find the page. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, just whenever you find it um if you find it in class you can just post it in the chat here or um later on on where this video was found there on learning zion uh, just put it in the comment below that okay good
5: thank you lisa
2: you're welcome
0: um which kind of sparked it reminded me that i wanted to do this um with this book here because this workbook is is printed in black and white and so um, we can't see some of these uh images
2: Uh, so i I
0: wanted to make sure to to do that with all of these lessons so this is the one on page 54 uh this is christ appears on the shore of lake tiberius um and just uh, because uh i can't remember who pointed it out but um that this whole workbook is all one artist um, all of his artwork throughout each chapter and so um, this is the one from this week
3: yeah he's one of he's my one of my very favorites Cameron and anybody that lives close to be oh it's just left there wasn't they had a whole room filled with his art and they just sent it back to New York otherwise I would have recommended it for every
2: anybody that could get there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay um
0: so yeah taking a look anybody else have any um scriptures that really stood out to them any references here about uh authority I'm going to kind of read back through my notes and catch up it was very interesting it seemed like a definite um kind of change of pace from the the new testament references to the book of mormon references um they had a a different way of mentioning that christ had authority um as we look at uh like second nephi and mosiah here um it's very heavily referenced in the the atonement and, and death of jesus christ and uh as he's doing that being um, uh, the motif of the actual God came down in order to, to do this. Um, whereas some of the, the new Testament references, they are, um, heavily referencing the, the relationship between God, the father and and Christ versus the, the book of Mormon, um, are, are really referencing Christ as the father, um, of, of our new spirits and uh the king uh, of heaven kind of a thing and so it it's just kind of interesting the the pattern break from from new testament and and book of mormon they they kind of come at the the same thing from different angles i found that very
2: interesting But yeah, one of my
0: uh, word studies through all of this was uh, circling every time that there is uh, a quantity or an amount. So um, anytime that he is given all power or a fullness of, of power, um, a fullness of authority, it, it's everywhere. <laughs> and so uh, that's one thing that I added here to uh, the title or, or the, the entry for uh, Jesus Christ authority of. Um, The full authority of um, that there was nothing lacking that that it was was a full and complete authority to to complete everything because all Mm -hmm. of the the prophets seem to emphasize that in every single one of the, the verses here.
2: But yeah, I'm just taking a look at these
0: these quotes. I think these would be fun to to read. Um, so on page fifty four that legrand's Richards um, one, <laughs> I often in my own studies i'm I'm so focused on on these scriptures that sometimes i I bypass these quotes and uh, some of the things are really standing out to me here. i <laughs> I need to put the time into to those as well. Um, But just reading that LaGrange Richards one here says, no wonder we love to testify of the divinity of the Son of God when we realize that he was the instrument in the hands of the Lord in bringing about all this marvelous creation. And this scientist, A. Cressy Morrison, said, there is not one chance in billions that life on our planet is an accident. And, you know, in the Pearl of Great Price, we read where the Lord said, To Moses that he had created worlds without number but all things are numbered unto me for they are mine and by the word of my power have I created them which is mine only begotten son just think of who it is we serve and the power that God gave to him no matter when he was upon the earth he said no wonder when he was upon the earth he said to Peter that he could call down legions of angels to protect him when peter drew his sword and smote off the ear of the guard no wonder he said no man taketh my life from me the father hath given me power to lay it down and take it up again that's a very powerful quote Mm -hmm. april 61 i'm assuming that was in general conference
2: Um, did anybody I didn't go back I marked
3: it to go back the one just below that the scripture from Acts chapter 4 26 to 27 I don't know if anybody in the group has any insights on that one that one just felt to me like I needed to put it into a larger context and mm-hmm. read what was before it and what was after it and I just didn't get around to doing that
0: yeah yeah, there's a, a lot of these. It's like, oh, we're just getting like a little tiny snapshot. and
3: I felt like I needed more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And is Luke, is Luke the author of Acts?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, generally accepted. That's <laughs> I've saw. met a few people lately that, that don't think so and kind of threw me off, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, generally accepted. He's the, the author of Acts. <laughs> yeah just reading through that that acts 4 26 through 27 the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the lord and against his christ for of a truth against thy holy child jesus whom thou hast anointed both herod and pontius pilate and the gentiles and the people of israel were gathered together
3: it just kind of leaves you hanging
0: yeah (laughs) we definitely need more on that one
2: well it's just saying that I think, anyway, that
1: everyone was against him, Mm -hmm. you know, together, even even the Jewish people, the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a select few of his followers, but for
2: the most part, it was, he was alone, Mm -hmm. which kind of needed to be for him to fulfill the full atonement there. Yeah. He had to descend really well. Yeah. Um
0: so I'm just seeing in, in the chat, uh Laura said that her her mark's not working tonight. Um I thought it was Peter. So I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to the, the author of Acts. So um, I'm just looking up, I, I know in the Institute Manual is probably one of the best places to go for all of that kind of commentary on like who wrote what and, and what our uh, best conclusions are and everything. So let me pull that up really quick. Um, let's see, the gospel library. Sometimes I have a hard time finding the institute manuals lately. They always seem to kind of drift around and move in different places. All right.
2: New Testament. And Acts. So
0: why study Acts? Who wrote the Acts? Um, It says, internal and external evidence indicate that Luke is the author of the Acts of the Apostles. And that he wrote Acts as a companion work or sequel to accompany his gospel. And so... um... This, one of the, the classes I took up at, at BYU-Idaho, it seems like a long time ago, it doesn't look like it because I got a baby face but it was a while ago. <laughs> um, we we did a at, or a Luke-Axe class and looked at it chiastically, and, and it seems to all be one large whole. Like every single point if you're charting it out chiastically, uh, they, they're very much meant to be hand in hand, studied together kind of a thing. Hey. And yeah,
3: it's also addressed, they're both addressed to
0: the Theopolis or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for our our capstone on that class, it was interesting. I, I kind of forgot about this until I brought up that class because <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but we were each to to write uh, whatever we wanted. Um, but one of the, the symbolisms that we've seen uh, by studying them together and um, he had like a list of ideas, and I just picked one because I was bored because <laughs> I, I wasn't a gospel <laughs> enthusiast back then. I was just trying to get my A. <laughs> but um uh, it was temple versus house. And so it's very interesting that um, throughout uh, Acts and Luke, that he's equating the the holiness of a temple and that we need to make our our homes holy, just like the temple, and how Christ is doing that in his pattern, and um, it, it's basically the the story of the three little pigs, and that's how I approached it in my, uh, uh, my paper there, or whatever. <laughs> I need to pull that out and, and revisit that, but um, uh, how our, our home of, of little twigs and, and sticks is, isn't going to to face the buffetings of Satan until we fortify it. And uh, the Three Little Pigs story is a story of Zion and uh, building uh, our homes into temples when when the storms arise, because we might not be able to, to flee to a temple in, in our times of need. That was way before I, I knew about end time prophecies and and call outs and and temples and all of that kind of stuff but um it's very insightful how how masterfully luke weaves in that uh, temple house uh, imagery throughout his gospel
2: so this is president nelson
0: yeah (laughs) yeah when he started talking about temple and house or whatever i'm like oh i really should go find my old essay on that Put some more references and footnotes in it. So with that question that's there on page 58, there toward the end, it says um it's in that kind of dark rectangle it says some of the authority and priesthood power of jesus christ was restored to the prophet joseph smith which is kind of an interesting way to put that i think but um it says what blessings do we have access to today because the power of jesus christ priesthood is still on the earth so how would you approach answering that um one of the things that's really been on my mind lately studying and going to the temple that in the ordinances there of the, the power of godliness is manifest. And that, that power, like, which is kind of a key word for this whole entry here, the authority of Jesus Christ. It's always referencing that power. Uh, that's how we recognize the authority is when somebody actually has the power and can use it. Um, and so just kind of answering that question, how would you, would you approach answering that what blessings do we have access to
3: the uh, articles of cameron that are listed um were interesting to go back and look at they both helped me try to at least um kind of figure out what that quote meant although i was disappointed that the the, the one on the three motifs in early Christian oil anointing was not available. It oh, really? to, I think you have to go to the library at BYU, the Harold B. Lee Library to even see it. It's not online. or I don't know why. Oh. Um, but the articles were interesting because um, there was almost a little bit of a feeling like maybe one was saying one thing and one was saying another, because one of the sources, and it might've been Gary E. Stevenson, said that Joseph Smith received the keys to all dispensations, but I think it was Dallin H. Oakes that said that he received the keys to, and they quoted the Doctrine and Covenants, he received the keys of this dispensation, DNC 110, verse 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those that visited him, uh, Peter, James, and John, or first John the Baptist restoring the Aaronic priesthood, and Peter, James, and John restoring the Melchizedek. Then Moses came to restore the, ga- uh, the gathering keys to the gathering of Israel. Um, so the, the missionary work can go forth and then elias and elijah i think they restored was it the keys for sealing i'm not really sure um, on that one so i won't say that it was interesting to go back and read those those articles Mm -hmm. it just helped me understand
2: a little bit better on that topic
0: yeah love that Yeah, I'm just searching for that uh, Becerra article and it's not coming up. Hmm.
3: It's not. I tried about four or five different ways of, you know, figuring out and maybe if I try it this way or that way, and I just couldn't get it.
0: I'm growing an ever longer list of when I go down to education week, visit the library and can I get a copy of this, this, this and this. (laughs) Yeah. They're starting to really take stuff off their website.
3: I wonder why they're
2: doing that. Yeah, I don't
0: know. but yeah, anytime, I mean, especially with a title like that, three motifs and early Christian oil anointing. That's um,
2: so interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, let's see. So were the Jews missing Isaiah 53? Um, let's see. Where was that
2: in context
0: of... I don't know. I'm missing the the context of that. Isaiah 53 um, was that. I I should keep track of the the chat as it's going along so I don't have to backtrack. Sorry. Um, But not accepting the Savior. Yeah, I I, I would just say so that um, we have so many different messianic expectations, depending on what type of of Jewish sect people are are belonging to and, and subscribing to different philosophies of the day and and so yeah I would say that the majority were uh, tending to miss out on on that uh, Isaiah 53 aspect there
3: yeah I was listening to Jared Halverson on unshaken and he was coming up with an interesting way of looking at that he was talking about Matthew and how Matthew was writing specifically in the gospels to the Jews trying to appeal to their Old Testament roots in showing that this really is the real person that we you know the law of Moses has been leading us to but because they were so um, loyal and faithful to their traditions they couldn't entertain the idea that something new had just been done like the pouring the new wine into an old vessel they they couldn't uh, they couldn't understand that there would be a whole new context for their traditions they were very loyal and faithful to it and he talked about how he's had conversations with the christian communities um, and they've even made the analogy that well that's kind of like mormonism They're kind of like um, this whole different paradigm. And um, but but maybe there we're being just, you know, we're just believing what we want to believe, like the like the Jews believed, you know, this is our tradition, we can't let go of it. And the Christians saying, we have a Bible, we can't let go of it. There can't be more. And then I got to thinking with um, Abraham Gileadi's understanding of Isaiah and how difficult it will be to navigate the times that are coming with the end time, the possibility of there being new books that have been sealed, you know, as we're ready to receive them. I wonder if there will be people among us that are too faithful and too um just loyal to that this is our this is the way it is and won't be able to see. So it's I started
1: thinking that's kind of a pattern. Of mm-hmm. just kind of missing yeah i think we are already seeing that i'm seeing that in my own family
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that we're just as much at i guess in danger of missing christ the second time as the jews were the the first
3: right and it's a very sobering grave yeah. you know very grave thought
0: yeah exactly yeah. i i want to have my eyes fully open and and Mm -hmm. accepting of different possibilities so that, um, that he can teach and prepare me as, as I'm ready for uh, whatever is being restored and uh, everything. It's an interesting process, isn't it? (laughs)
6: Hey, Cameron, um, I don't know, there's a talk by um, the prophet, it's um, Temple and Your Spiritual
2: Foundation. I don't know if it's in our book or not, um, one of my friends just sent it to me. I guess that. Let's see. Are you still talking? All of a sudden, it it cut off there. The last part... part. Hold on one second. Oh, okay. Um, and then did I
0: get everything in the chat? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the chat's my my hardest thing to keep up, with. sorry. But um, if anybody notices anything in there, feel free to interrupt me that's relevant when we're
2: talking. Can you hear me, Cameron? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, there's a talk. It was just
6: on um, the same subject Lisa was talking about. Um, it's called the temple and your spiritual foundation. And it mm-hmm. looks like a conference talk cause he's got the flowers behind him, but then he says some stuff. I don't, I've never heard him say before. So I don't know if we've studied that talk, but he talks exactly about what Lisa's talking about, how the doctrine never changes, but, um, how things are like going to change. And it's a, if you have, have we studied that talk?
0: Um, you know what, I, that might've been after our initial book club and stuff. Let me go back and, and do it. It is, it's from the October, um, 2021 general conference. So I think that, yeah, cause that was right when we were studying lectures on faith. So we had already studied, um, that one, but we might've had like a general conference recap where we might've talked about it a little bit, but I don't think we dove into that one like the others
6: he talks about the garden room below the salt lake temple
0: and Mm -hmm. how
6: it had been built so beautifully but then they had to redo it because it was um vulnerable to you know things that are going to happen and then let's see how firm is your foundation he's he's saying okay my brothers and sisters there are the these are the latter days if you and i are to withstand the forthcoming pearls and pressures it is imperative that we each have a firm spiritual foundation built on the rock of our redeemer jesus christ and i ask each of you how firm is your foundation and what reinforcements to your testimony and understanding of the gospel are needed and then he says um it makes it sound let's see when you study it it makes it sound like a lot of things are going to (laughs) change And we need to not have our hearts set on things being the same as the garden room down below the temple, that even though it's beautiful, wonderful, um, things are going to change. And he's trying to warn us. He's like, please get yourself um, your testimony of Jesus Christ firm. Mm -hmm. And I just thought of that when I was listening to Lisa, like I think we need to have that really in our mind to let go of all these traditions that we've known before. Yeah. And I listened to it several times. I'll, I'll post it there if you want me to. It was a really good talk. Yeah. It
3: sounds, yeah. sounds like yeah. It'd be good. Good not to have our hearts set on the status quo moving forward.
6: Yeah. The will say the same. He said, it's the same as the sacrament in the days of Brigham or uh, Joseph Smith. They passed around a wine bottle and they all partook of it. Now we take the sacrament cups is completely different but it's the exact same ordinance Mm -hmm. and so we need to be really open to things changing and not being what we're used to and he's trying he's trying to warn us but unless you listen to these talks you're you're gonna be stuck going no wait 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 wait. i i don't i don't want it to do that you know Mm -hmm. so i think it's so good um to just be open-minded like okay this is the next thing that's gonna come you know like Now we can have tattoos and now we can have double piercings and that's okay. Like, just be like, okay, it is a higher and holier way and just open the people that are wanting to count steps and do things the way we have. They probably, just like Lisa said, they probably will get tripped up because it will just be too overwhelming. They don't like change and they don't want someone telling them it's different. And a lot of people will
7: leave. I think just because of that, Mm -hmm. I remember um, about that same time, uh, uh, Brother Yagi came to our ward for a stake council, President Yagi, he was at the Ogden stake. And we had a, everything he spoke on was the foundation. And I I think, I remember talking about it in this, uh, one of our groups anyway, that um, the difference between remodel or renovate, because they- you know how and it kept coming across to me that it wasn't just an update that it was going to be a a big big remote i mean yeah it's still the same you've got i mean even in the house if you remodel it you've still got your basic bones and your basic structure but it's done different you know what i mean am i making sense yeah Yeah. and that's kind of strong to me in that when he was there
2: yeah i love
7: that
5: and when you ask about something i was following but i was looking up something at the same time so it's hard you were talking about the did you say the power of the priesthood and godliness did you ever get that question answered or i'm kind of backtracking sorry
0: oh no you're fine um Let's see. so uh on page 58 there the that end question so like what blessings do we have access to today because the power of jesus christ priesthood is still on the earth oh, so, okay yeah
5: oh uh, well i well, so i was looking at priesthood on um, the notes i had and i thought this was interesting it doesn't talk about the melchizedek priesthood but it talks about the aaronic priesthood holders hold the key to the gospel of repentance as stated in doctrine and covenants 13 and then farther down it, i think it came from book of mormon commentary i'm not sure what that is but this was interesting i thought it was interesting the power and authority of the higher or melchizedek priesthood is to hold the keys of all spiritual blessings of the church to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven to have the heavens opened unto them to commune with the general assembly of the church of the firstborn And enjoy the communion and presence of God, the Father, and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Doctrine and Covenants 107, 18 through 19. Then this one I thought was really interesting. Priesthood is the greatest governing authority of the universe. It unlocks spiritual blessings of the eternal war for the heirs of salvation. This is what caught my attention. The power to redeem is the most coveted power among righteous priesthood holders at the time. Hmm. And then I had something that... Jody Stoddard had it said the fundamental principles they didn't say power of priesthood is condensation. Because those who receive power in the priesthood through condensation have the power to bring others through veils. So it says Adam is a an archetype of Christ and Christ descended below all things to bring other people unto the father. <laughs> so I thought maybe the power of the priesthood is totally different than what we think it is. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's- it's to help bring people to repentance and come closer to Christ and the father by condescending like Christ did to let go of our own pride and ambitions and judgment of others and help them bring them through their, their unbelief that they have. And veils that they have. Maybe that's the power. I don't know. I just, I've tried mm-hmm. to answer this for a long time and try to understand Todd McLaughlin's thing about the power of the priesthood. And I'm just trying to piece it all together and I haven't really gotten anything solid yet. And mm-hmm. I see Leslie has her hand up, so I'll be quiet. <laughs>
0: But yeah, all three of those uh, quotes that you gave there are, are very interesting as we unpack those and uh, piece them together and stuff. Yeah, yeah, thanks for, for sharing those. We'll come back to them. Yeah, Leslie.
8: Um, I was going to respond to what Elle said about, um, you know, the condescension, I think, of President Nelson. Oh, it just brings me to tears when I think about this because I'm not at his level and I want to be of when he was... Um, he went to that father's house that had lost those two girls that he had operated on. And, and you know, he wasn't confident in operating on the, 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 younger, the younger daughter, but did it anyway because they begged him to. And then they, the father became bitter. And um, then he went to their home and he, he got on his knees before the father and begged for his forgiveness he didn't do anything wrong but he descended below this man's bitterness and anger to help redeem him and what a powerful thing that is and and i admire that greatly and i'm seeking to be like that because that is exactly our savior's way
5: and uh, I'll have to find something else that i wrote down it's been a long time ago it's just a short simple sentence and i think the spirit gave it to me and it goes along with that i'll see if i can find it i can't remember exactly what i wrote it's like probably a couple of years ago but yeah it goes along that line
0: yeah um this last week in our temple training we we're talking about the the relationship between the laws of obedience and sacrifice and how they go hand in hand in order to become truly obedient, one has to enter into sacrifice. There is no obedience without a choice to obey or, or choose not to obey. And that sacrifice is often a a condescension, whether it is for the right choice or for the wrong choice. There, there's typically a, a decent pattern in order to ascend and... Uh, continue on the obedience path and and that was just hitting me so strongly in in light of of priesthood power and what we have access to through the ordinances that have been restored in in these last days and um how important obedience and sacrifice really is as we learn to to fully act within the the endowment of, of power I, I don't know if i'm like saying that necessarily right but like it, it makes sense in my head but I'm, I'm not really articulating it that well but um there's such power in um the ordinances uh, I, I that scripture is just resonating with me on all levels lately
5: well i found this simple statement and then i put, put some things underneath it because i'm not sure i understood. I wrote, because it has to do with, I put it under sacrifice. It says we have to sacrifice our pride for other people's sins. I think we get offended or we think we're right. And we don't, I wrote, it's called forbearance, which includes forgiveness. It's learning to not be offended and be long suffering um, for other people's sins. And I think we take so much offense. You know, President Nelson could have gotten all upset about this, you know, how this father reacted um but he didn't he wasn't prideful about it he repented or you know felt really bad about about it even though he hadn't really done anything wrong I mean he did the best that he could do of his you know with his mortal skills um yeah so I don't know I don't know what that exactly means but that came to me one time that we have to sacrifice our pride for other people's sins. Um, Christ never got upset about other people's sins and he never got offended or upset. So I think that's a form of condescension, you know, to sacrifice our own pride and our own will thoughts and desires because other people maybe don't do what we think they should do or behave the way that we think they should behave. Um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I try to give people a lot of, forbearance or grace I think that's the biggest thing we can give to people yeah. you know right you
6: know, um, that's
5: what the Lord gives us Al he gives us lots uh-huh. of- yeah and I think it's a combination I was trying to read about a little bit about that today I mean it's all it's all together it's they're not separate things I think they're all like one eternal round they're all connected grace repentance forgiveness and I Uh, what I've read about grace there's so much to it but it's a combination of forgiveness and charity kindness and forgiveness I mean or forbearance it's just it's just not to take offense and we some people take offense (laughs) I sometimes am guilty of that and that's my goal this year is to be unoffended by what people do or say (laughs) which is a challenge sometimes it is can I add one more thing, yeah.
2: Sure. Um,
5: in
8: I think it must have been on, on blog, the Facebook group. Herrick responded to something that Brad Baker said, and it was, and I <laughs> I can't remember all of it, but it was the the last part of it was charity. We gain charity when we are in Christ's as we are in Christ's presence, and I I thought about that all day today in um. <clears throat> and yeah that could that would mean his literal presence, but it also is in all of the the ways that we are in his presence prior to literally being in his presence in the flesh there's, there's you know there's a lot to that um, and I think that that is, as we practice being presence. I think there's br- Brother Lawrence, doesn't he do? And there was a, there's an audio book on YouTube about that. And I thought it was really good that there is, um, mm-hmm. you know, keeping our covenants and being um, mindful of, of God's power and what, you know, to, uh, I, don't know I've won't, I won't keep going on, but there's, um, I think charity is gained to be able to do that very thing when we are seeking to be in his presence. And I think it's a powerful thing. And maybe we haven't we don't avail ourselves of it as much or as often as we we could be because we're maybe we're distracted thinking about the whatever instead of yeah. focusing on on Christ. So
2: yeah.
8: I hope that made sense. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) I don't
0: know. Yeah, I'm just pondering on that. And um I don't know. Like sometimes it's it's so interesting how it's so complex, but yet it's so simple. And and navigating kind of between those those two camps, right? Of um the power that that we have with the privileges that we have and I don't know I this one's really not articulated well in my brain but um what came to mind as you were talking was how much um the, these past couple of comments here are referencing the authority of Jesus Christ and his fullness of authority that Uh, kind of an omnipotence and omnipresence and uh, omniscience in all things. And we are endowed with power to receive all that the Father has. And we can also receive a fullness. We can receive all if we just try and keep persevering through all of our obedience and sacrifice and grace and charity and overcoming pride and all of these things that we're we're doing on a daily basis. It's amazing how much the Lord curates our individual little life lesson plans in order to um to bring about the opportunities for us to to implement these things on a daily basis. And you know we, we're going to have ebbs and flows and and things but through Christ and his, Um, atonement we have access to the fullness and and realizing that we are children of god and and heirs of um, exaltation as we work through and endure to the end through through our covenants i don't know hopefully that somewhat came together but (laughs) it it just really distilled on me as uh, uh, a few of those last comments there how much the authority of Christ really plays into that, which I I hadn't totally gotten yet.
3: Cameron, I'm thinking too um, about some of the comments that have been made. Um, When I was reading through Dallin H. Oaks' article, well, it's actually from April Conference 2014, he quotes President Kimball who reminded us that there are other priesthood keys than those that we have on earth. And it made me think about President Nelson saying, we are going to see so many more miracles moving forward. Christ's power will be manifest in ways that I, I," when he said it, I felt like ways we've not experienced yet. Mm. And in this article, President Kimball said that there are many keys that have not been given to man on earth yet such as the keys of creation and resurrection and um then i was kind of piecing that together with the hebrew scriptures here in our topical guide when we were discussing earlier about how it was more of a process where the son learned obedience by the things that he suffered and being made perfect that's when he was able to receive the fullness. And um, I wrote down, it seems so risky and dangerous to think about someone being able to exercise or wield such great and godly powers unless one is absolutely solid, unchangeable, and obedient. And um, it seems like the right to power, authority, dominion, is commensurate or equal to one's godliness and perfection in obedience. And then in the next Hebrews um verse, it says that he continueth ever, which you know has this very solid feel to it, and hath an unchangeable priesthood. So all of these to me were just like um kind of confirming that. Idea of how important it is the obedience part.
5: Where's the Hebrew part from? That not from in our, the. It's
3: from our topical guide on page fifty-five.
6: Our There's... topical
3: oh on fifty-five. Okay. Scriptures right from Hebrews, and the one Hebrews seven twenty-four says, "But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood." And the one above it, we'd already discussed about the obedience
5: and how he learned. Through
3: his it
5: obedience. goes back to following a pattern, a consistent pattern.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes,
5: yes, and it
3: all has to do with priesthood keys. And fulfilling a pattern. And the way it's as, manifest.
5: Yeah, as Todd talks about, about, fulfilling a pattern, consistently doing that pattern.
3: Exactly, and then the quote by Charles Penrose about Christ, uh, he grasped the keys of hell when he entered the dark regions of Hades, he grasped the keys of death when he came
2: back triumphant, so there, there's a lot of process going on. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive me, Lisa,
8: who did you say that talked about the keys of creation and resurrection? That
3: was President Kimball.
8: Okay, thank you. And where was that at? It
3: was mentioned, um, I would like to know myself, it was mentioned in Dallin H. Oaks' April 2014 conference address called The Keys and Authority of the Priesthood.
0: I think my mom is looking for it. She's fiercely <laughs> going through her old journals. So I'm guessing that that triggered some. I,
1: I have where, and it's going to be at Adam and diamond
0: am when, when those
1: are received. And it's it's a class I took at uh, Education Week. And it's he's quoting Ezra Tap Benson, I believe. Uh, but anyway,
2: it's going to take me a minute to find it. Okay, we want, we'll wait. I seen that little gleam in
1: your eye, Cameron. I knew you knew what I was doing. <laughs> we know each other do well.
0: Well, the thing is, I seen you click your camera off, which means that you're standing up and going back to your books. <laughs> and then you came back and you're just furiously going through one of your journals. And I'm like, yep, she's looking for that <laughs> resurrection quote
8: <laughs> Thank you, Darlene, for having journals that enable you to do that, yeah. no, I do not.
0: She went through that really well. Yeah, the um, after education week, each education week, she like distills everything down and gets it into a workable format for her journal and everything. It's quite amazing. The
1: only thing is, I I need to do a better index. Yeah, because um, it's just book. I have six notebooks that I have, and I don't know which one to go to. I just have to kind of think of a time frame. But anyway,
8: you got me wiped even still, so I'm I'm. So I think you got a little bit of your mama in you there, Cameron, with her with her skills.
0: <laughs> yep so i i'm just googling here as well and uh spencer kimball has this whole talk and it seems like the whole talk is about specifically the keys of resurrection I uh, it
1: was kimball i was thinking it was benson but it might be kimball
0: mm-hmm. well um didn't you say that in the dallin h oaks uh talk it referenced back to kimball without
3: yeah. yes
0: and so um I I don't see the creation in this talk the keys of creation, but um anyway it, this one's really interesting I mean there's so many references in this one talk from Kimball about specifically the the keys of resurrection um, and he's pulling in a lot of Journal of Discourses references out and and things like that so that would be an interesting one to to dive through but I'm I'm still looking for more.
8: So he is quoting Journal of Discourses? Yeah. I'm I'm so wary ever since you went to education.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like what do I believe? <laughs> <laughs> hell? So, so yeah. what
8: is
3: it about the journal of discourses?
0: I have I'm not in on that one. Um anyway, just lots of. Oh, how do I even summarize that one up? But um, so if you go and look at my notes on Education Week from the Wilford Woodruff Project class, mm-hmm. and it's class number four um, with LaJane or Le June, I can't remember her name. But anyway, she is specialized in shorthand and is going back through all of the different uh, references and resources uh, surrounding all of those early discourses that were included in the, the Journal of Discourses. and and proving that the shorthand does not meet the actual journal, that many things were changed and modified and opinions thrown in of the the person that published it. And looking at the controversy around that, Brigham Young told him not to publish it. And he went over to England and uh, did it in in spite of Brigham Young and and lots of different things so (laughs) there's there's lots of errors in the Journal of Discourses but not in the original shorthands if you if you take a look and and that's what her project is doing is really going through and proving the shorthands and and what's what was actually said versus what was published that's
3: interesting so what is talk by uh, President Spencer Kimball that you're looking at right now
0: Um, I I put the the link in there, so it's from uh, 1977 General Conference. Oh, okay. It's just one that I Googled. I see it. Yes,
2: yes, yes.
0: But it's interesting with just one more little thing on the Journal of Discourses. She's like, it baffles me to this day that we're just now finding this. And um, it was because she was hired on another project with shorthand and, and different things, and um, <laughs> she's like, "Holy cow! We have been accepting some of these." Because um, she she boiled it down to most of the reasons that the people are leaving the church over doctrinal uh, things, like oh, church history and stuff. It comes down and points directly back to something, an error that's in the journal of discourses that was misunderstood. And if we go to the original shorthand, it fixes those errors. And so <laughs> I mean, she tried to say it in the nicest way possible, but she's like, they will pay for all of the people that they led astray. And um, anyway, she's she's quite a passionate speaker. <laughs> but it was very interesting taking a look at those uh one person afterward didn't raise their hand with the question he's like wait a minute so am i understanding you right that i should go home and throw away my journal of discourses and she's like no comment (laughs) 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 she was such a fun lady
8: (laughs) well cameron what do you think then okay this is going out on a limb about the quote of brigham young saying that all illness was caused by um evil spirits
0: isn't that i keep keep up on your project and she has not got to the shorthand of that one yet so (laughs) i'm waiting for that one Because that one resonates so true to me that I would have a hard time believing otherwise. But if it comes out that the shorthand's different than that, then, you know, I'll readily accept it. But yeah, I'm keeping up on that one. But um, like Adam God theory and stuff, you know, that throws a lot of people off, right? But she's like, she was pointing at a few of the different ones. And she's like, that... Was published incorrectly. All of these things are opinions of the compiler and not of Brigham Young, and and it has thrown so many people off, saying, "Oh, Brigham's a, a false prophet." But anyway,
5: does she have a web page that this is on?
0: Um, not that I know of. Um,
8: how do you keep track of what she, where she's at?
0: So with the the Wilford Woodruff project, um, uh, they they do some like little kind of check-ins and uh, some little zoom things uh, once in a while. And so I've just kind of followed those, but um, yeah, let me find the website for the Wilford Woodruff project. The Wilford Woodruff project is amazing. Like the Joseph Smith project is huge and the Wilford Woodruff project is equally as huge because he is the greatest and most extensive note taker of our whole history holy cow um
5: so what's she so planning to do with the brigham young publish it or- uh-huh, yeah
0: so she's just going through and uh, just getting all of these things corrected and, and submitting them back to the church and uh, uh
5: oh, and yeah. then the church decides what to do with them
0: uh-huh, yeah um, like, uh, how and what format to publish them and everything but uh, i mean she's she's hired by the church to to do this
5: how did you find her? I never.
0: Well, I I didn't know. I just took the the Wilford Woodruff class at Education Week.
5: Oh, that's how you, okay. Yeah. So here's the. So she was a presenter there?
0: Yeah, she only presented a a one hour long class. Um, So they had four different people throughout the week and she was just one of them. Um, And she was mostly presenting on Wilford Woodruff and his journals and the shorthand because he wrote in like three different, variations of shorthand and um he spoke like what seven different languages and the the deseret alphabet and all of this kind of stuff and she's kind of the expert on all of those different things and um one of her side tangents was looking at all of wilford woodruff's things that were um quoted in the the journal of Discourses wrong and she's like, we have to correct this. And and by the way, Brigham was also misquoted many times.
8: I accidentally ordered a book in the desert alphabet. Of <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got rid of it because <laughs> I couldn't understand the thing. I was like, oh, this is like Elvish. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy.
2: That's funny. It uh. was a
8: uh, meditation like love and meditation or something by john taylor it was anyway
0: oh interesting
8: yeah
0: uh, but yeah if anybody wants to get involved with the wilford winter's project not saying that i'm promoting <laughs> that or anything but uh they're they're always looking for volunteers to to help um transcribe and and do different things but mm. um, if you want to with the uh if I've ever shown anybody the reverse indexing through the, the Record Linking Lab there at BYU, um, they have been commissioned to to index parts of the, the project there. And it's so fun. Um, let me show you that really quick. Not that this has anything to do with Jesus Christ authority of, but um, I, I find this so interesting to go and look at uh, Wilfred Woodruff's handwriting. So if you type in Record Linking Lab into Google... Uh, Pull that up and um, (coughs) click on volunteer up at the top. The reverse indexing app, you bring that up. You can watch the video on how to do it. Um, But up here in the random data box, um, you can click on lots of different things here. So if you click on any occupation, education level, industry, cause of death, these are all from census records. So uh, largely from the 1900 census, etc. But if you scroll all the way to the bottom of that list and click on English words, this is the Wilford Woodruff project. And so um, it'll have one Word and it thinks that it has found these twelve matching words in Wilfred Woodruff's journals that that match that. And your job is to go and and see if they actually are. Okay, so I'm actually going to choose a different word because that one's I've had experience with that one before and it's kind of odd. Um, so, like all, for example. And so here you're going to go through and click on any of them that do not match the original. And so all of these seem to be. So I'd go ahead and click Submit. This one is clearly not a match, so I put incorrect. And so you're teaching the computer how to better index Wilfred Woodruff's journals is, is basically what this project is doing. And so um, anytime you can go and, and click on another random word, so like numbered, uh, you're going through and looking at all of these and seeing if any of them are not a match. So like this one, it could be, but there is some doubt. So I'm going to click it as incorrect. And that one. And so sometimes it'll give you a new word. Um, If there's any doubt whatsoever, you click it as incorrect. Um, so all of these seem to be one except for that one, and sometimes it just throws random words in there, Morgan, you'll have to get used to his E's, his E's often look like A's or, or some kind of little weird thing, um anyway sorry that's like the most random thing to to share but wilford winter's project if anybody's interested reverse indexing has an awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) way to slightly get involved in that project and all thank you that and and that can be done on a smartphone as well um so yeah how do we take that and wrap it back up into a thread of jesus christ oh mother did you ever find your
1: <laughs> no, not yet
0: okay so if you um <laughs> we'll probably find that by next hour and so we'll <laughs> have that when we publish the the video on learning zion there we will include the reference to that uh, down below but yeah like what you were saying it's basically that that the keys of creation and resurrection and he goes through a, a list of a few more uh will be restored there at adam Adayaman as we're getting handed back to adam and, and
2: further <clears throat> on to christ
8: did he say who does the restoring oh shoot did restoring like does christ restore them
0: That's a great question, because we know Christ has both of those keys and and uses those extensively. And so um, that would be a really interesting one with Adam, right? Like keys of creation, it would seem that that he obviously has those. But resurrection, I I don't know. That is very interesting.
2: Hmm.
0: When we find that that reference, hopefully that'll expound upon it. So as we're just kind of wrapping up, kind of playing out. So next week, Sunday, we will do baptism of Jesus Christ. So page 59, this is entry number 10. Um, our Hebrew class started up this Thursday, this last Thursday, and all of that information's on there. <laughs> I'm a little slow on getting the, uh, the quiz and the, the follow-up email out for, for everyone, but I'm, I'm working on that. I'll, I'll have it by tomorrow. The Isaiah Institute um, book club officially starts this Saturday. Um, I have a link actually let me get that link for anyone if you have yet to sign up and want to um, here is a new link that uh, is available for people to sign up for that.
8: I thought the class was really fun by the way Cameron.
0: Yeah, yeah. just wait it kind of speeds up a little bit (laughs) hopefully you'll still be saying that as you're panting around the (laughs) the track (laughs) I love it no I'm going to keep it good moderate pace so that we're not losing people but yeah you were talking
3: talking about when you went on your mission and you had to kind of jump in but you were doing that full time (laughs) not fair
0: yeah 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 this one is like I, I get everybody has a, a whole different schedule and, and everything so it's going to be kind of a, a hard one but as we are jumping in it, it's going to be uh fun to see everybody's progress and and stuff but <laughs> yeah <Lars>, laura's
7: asking questions look in the chat oh yeah,
0: sorry. that's what yeah. I was just
5: gonna say I tried <laughs> to answer some of them but one of them is to you personally
0: oh yeah sorry um to do to do better than video games sorry was that in reference to like reverse indexing or something maybe (laughs) um yes
5: it was
0: (laughs) okay sorry i'm so bad at chat (laughs) lately well i've always been a little bit really um did you see my message to you on priesthood oh on like facebook messenger um Yes. So I read it. I just haven't had a a chance to to dive in because um, let me bring that question up because that that was a very interesting one to to take a look at. Um, Oh my gosh. How many messages did I receive this week? I'm so sorry. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, you all know that I I get pretty busy and uh, I'm so sorry if it seems like I'm ignoring you, but I, I try to to handle all conversations in the order that they come in and I, I, I try to take a look at them, but I, I'm usually not right on top of responding. Okay, so um, you had a quote here that talks about, um, oh, this is actually from the, the same talk that uh, Kathy Barton was referring to. Um, So it says that temples have been part of this dispensation from its earliest days. Elijah committed the keys of the sealing authority to Joseph Smith in the Kirtland temple. The fullness of the priesthood was restored in the Nauvoo temple. And so um, uh, the question being, isn't the power to seal the highest priesthood? And is this talking about translation? So I would say that there's, you know, I'm not like an expert on any of this, but this is just my opinion. And without like fully throwing a whole bunch of references and uh, time and, and energy into this, uh, I know that, that Pontius in Triumph of Zion really dives through um, that in, in one of the sections. But it's, there seems to be a distinct um, delineation of the ceiling authority and the sealing power. So the sealing authority is in the ordinances and the the power to um, make those ordinances effectual um, uh, for eternity and, and seal in that way. But when we're talking about like the sealing authority that uh, translated beings have, um, it seems to uh, kind of have an additional layer onto that, like. The, everything that like a temple see would have but they have additional power beyond what mortals can um have the authority to do um within the ordinances if that makes sense i don't again i'm not like a, a scriptural authority on any of this but um I, I would do a word study on that, the sealing authority versus the ceiling power, um, because they're, they seem to be very distinct in who's given what and how that works within different ranks, uh, different levels of mortals, if that makes sense. <laughs> that might not... Be. Uh, Might have been more confusing than, than anything. I hate to do that. I <laughs>
5: also wanted to know if Kirkland was first.
0: Kirkland was first? Uh-huh. Um, let's see.
5: He sent it to me directly, and so I reposted it to you.
0: Oh, sorry. Okay.
5: I just so copied reading it-
0: that, that original quote again, um, Elijah committed the keys of the sealing authority to Joseph Smith in the Kirtland Temple. The fullness of the priesthood was restored in the Nauvoo Temple. And so... so the the question with kurt when being first yes with with the sealing authority and then they're um really diving in and uh receiving the the fullness of that that priesthood and being, that's
5: in the president nelson's talk
0: uh-huh yeah so okay. um, the temple and your spiritual foundation okay i'll have to look at that yeah so october uh, 2021 but yeah so i I would point to a word study on ceiling authority versus ceiling power, and uh, also Triumph of Zion. I think it's chapter 10, um, where he kind of goes through uh, lots of those different uh, concepts, kind of piecemeal and and stuff, and and there's a section on the the ceiling power uh, in reference to translated means and and things like that. But yeah,
2: hopefully it's more
0: convoluted than Hopefully it was helpful. I don't know. Triumph
7: of
5: Zion, you said it's yeah. Triumph of of Zion,
0: Zion. and it's that last chapter that has just lots of different like little mini subjects uh, crammed into it. So the question: Do temple sealers today have translation authority? So, I I wouldn't say translation authority. No, they have the uh, sealing authority, but um, they don't have the the power to or the authority to translate anyone that is held by Enoch and and John as far as I know and and Christ Um, let's see any other questions that I missed in there oh how many in Hebrew um so we have what I think that there's about 70 people following along with us um there there's a a good handful i would say about 20 that thursdays just don't work for them at all and so they're just following along with us um which which is kind of hard because i have to almost do kind of a, a side class on on email with them but um uh there's what uh what did we have for attendance we had i think 16 or 17 in the early class and then a good 20 in the, the later class and so yeah especially with the first week well, as we're getting things figured out and technology woes and everything but I, we th- I think we have about a 70 head count um total how and many were in the zoom, that
5: one not that many were in the zoom class were there
0: uh-uh no uh, yeah, there was some people that just couldn't make it that that week and, and they'll be catching up. And there are some people that just can't. And so they're watching the videos and, um, and stuff. And so that's why I created that separate Facebook group so that we can uh, be asking questions and, and doing things for those that are interested in Hebrew and not bombarding our other Facebook group uh, with Hebrew questions um, so that we can all kind of help those that um, can't attend on, on Thursdays. Um, especially once we get our Hebrew keyboards installed and and everything uh, we'll be able to to type in Hebrew there on uh, on that Facebook group and, and all that well we were
5: talking about authority from that talk I found another quote what well, was in that I was just skimming through it but then I found another one I just linked to it I thought it was interesting because you were talking about who has the power to seal and somebody in the I think Laura put in the chat it's only Christ the so quote from the one from 2014 was when men, men and women go to the temple, they are both endowed with the same power, which is priesthood power, access to the power and blessings of the priesthood is available to all of God's children. But then from a talk from Dallin H. Oaks of April 85, taking upon the name of Christ, it says, according to this meaning of our willingness, it says willingness to take upon the name of Christ can therefore be understood as willingness to take upon the authority of Jesus Christ. According to this meaning, by partaking of the sacrament, we witness our willingness to participate in the sacred ordinances of the temple to receive the highest blessings available through the name and by the authority of the Savior when he chooses to confer them upon us. Not just doing it is when he chooses to confer it upon us.
2: Mm
5: -hmm. So it depends, I guess, on our worthiness and our willingness. Yeah. Yeah that so greater, it does, that not that just because we go through those ordinances does it make us you know it's yeah it's condition on our willingness i think and repentance
2: mm-hmm.
5: you know it's it's all has a lot to do with us as well as as heavenly father and christ
0: Oh. yeah we often enter into covenants and, and make promises and then grow into them to actually receive the
5: uh-huh
0: less of of what is being promised there
5: yep exactly but i just think so many people have a misconception about it seems like that just oh i go and i'm okay it's that you know i'm good <laughs> and it's like no you have your part to do and I don't know, maybe some people understand that, but it seems like there's some people that don't understand that. But I guess it's Christ comes and helps us, and God helps us where we are and where our learning is. And he meets us where we are. So,
2: mm-hmm. so.
8: yeah. I was going to say hi to Janet, but she's come and gone. <laughs> she was there for a second. Come back,
0: Janet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she can still hear
3: you. Oh, boy.
0: Amen. But yeah, well, anything else on um, discussion or questions or housekeeping or anything before we head out for the night? If not, it's going to be a fun year. We're, <laughs> we're going to have so many fun new things uh, as we go through uh, this topical guide study. That's really awesome. But we're really thinking getting to know Christ. I, I've gained such a a testimony of of his titles and his um his functions uh much beyond Gethsemane and and cross that uh these these titles that all of the prophets are testing fine of are um very important to to resonate with on an individual basis. But yeah well if there's nothing else we'll head out for the night and see you next week. (laughs) All right have a great week everyone
2: night thanks Um, bye. bye